0: This is Big Life Conversation with Barbara and Nicole. We're here with you from 4 to 6 this evening, as we are every Monday, our second show back for the year. Uh, we have lots of wonderful things for you today, along with two guests, lots of tunes, lifestyle tips, a few nutrition tips as well, and of course, lots of great entertainment. Uh, how are you, Barbara? How was your weekend? It was quite fun, thank you, Nicole. How was yours? I think I caught up with you on the weekend. If
1: my memory serves me, we correctly. did.
0: Speaking of entertainment, we yes. are very lucky to uh, obtain some media tickets to a wonderful event. It was a great show, Judy Australia
1: 964, and we, of course we interviewed the wonderful Farrow last week on the show, who and she was playing the role of Judy Garland, and that uh, rather infamous concert of Judy's in Melbourne, all those years almost sixty years ago. Um, and yes, and of course uh, Matt Hetherington playing Harriet Miller, uh, but yeah, a great, great show. And um, I'm hoping it'll tour because they only had the three production, three performances on Friday night, and then we saw them Saturday matinee. And then there was a Saturday night
0: show. And then, um, anyway, we're hoping it'll tour around because it certainly deserves to, don't you think? It was wonderful. Her voice is amazing. Yes. So a shout out to, to Nina Farrow who uh, had an amazing 19 songs that she sang throughout this production. Fantastic. And a very simplistic um, set. Yes, a great band though. But <laughs> fabulous singers, not lovely costume and an amazing band and music yes. as well. So um we were, excuse me, very lucky to get on to see that. Yeah, I hope <laughs> it'll be
1: back. I mean, it was supposed to uh, apparently be on a, a couple of years ago. Then COVID, of course, uh, put the kibosh on that. But so maybe they'll be um, making up for lost time and, and taking it um, elsewhere. You know, we should keep our eyes and ears peeled. Yes, we keep you posted.
0: Yes, So we had um, a lovely weekend and uh, some nice weather to have with that yes. as well. A little bit different today, uh, I think. Our um, with The gods have uh, given us our summer little sprint. Oh, but the end of the for, week is looking a bit for scary. The though, week. <laughs> um, but today was a top of 21 uh, and a low of 13, and the projected uh, top for Tuesday is 25. So, sunshine and 25 tomorrow. So, you can't go wrong with that with an overnight mm. of 12. So, that's our um, weather for today. So, um, let's tell people a little bit about our show today. Mm-hmm. So, first guest up. Just after four thirty is the wonderful Geraldine Turner, who is starring in the Agatha Christie's *The Mouse Trap*. Coming up at um, comedy the theatre. comedy theatre. Yes. Um, so we'll be speaking with her at just after uh, four thirty today. Yes. Um, Looking forward to hearing all about that. Mm, I'm
1: a big fan of Geraldine's over the years and I managed to get hold of her autobiography, Turner's Turn, at the weekend. Oh. Uh, so I'll be talking to her a little bit about that as well. So, um, yeah, she's oh. one of those triple threats. Uh, Nicole, you know, they can sing and dance and act. I'm not sure there's going to be much singing or dancing in the mousetrap. But, uh, Lots yeah, of she, mystery and exactly. perhaps a murder. That's well, right. There's always a murder. Yes, well, <laughs> spoiler alert, we can't, we've been sworn to secrecy and we, we'll talk to her about that. But I saw the play in London. You haven't seen it, have you? I haven't seen the no. play. No. I saw it in London years ago. And saw it here when it, when it came a few years ago. So you anyway, she'll uh,
0: she'll talk to us about that because it's a great cast and a wonderful director, Robin Nevin, uh, involved with that as well. I know, and I'm I'm very curious about all of that. But yes, given it's Agatha Christie, I just assumed there'd be a murder. Yes, at least or or, or one exactly or more. Yeah, so something
1: to um, you know to uh, check out indeed. And I think it's opening on um, on Friday for just a limited season, and
0: then he's touring around. So. Yes, and then you have got another interesting guest too. I have the wonderful Christina Costigan, who is friend of the show, also part of uh, the Baggage Productions crew. We've spoken to Bridget Burton, her um, uh, colleague, for over a number of years Mm. and their Madwoman monologues. But Christina Mm -hmm. is playing in the Aaron Knaves production of Macbeth and um, I'm really looking forward to hearing about her part in that Uh, and also the show itself. This is a slightly smaller production at the meat market in North Melbourne Um, but also the season is very similar time frame from the 17th to the 25th this one and I know that uh, Geraldine's show is the 17th to the 26th so lots of things coming up for you to um, entertain you Uh, but this looks like a really interesting production I want to hear more about it and and, um, and the been, company too. I've I have a news company. Yeah, mm. I've been hearing um, lots of little snippets on the socials and I know we have put up for both of our guests um, on both our uh, Facebook page, Big Life Conversation, mm. where you can get all of our information and also the yes. podcasts of our previous shows. But um, we normally put links on there of the shows that, and the people that we interview as well. So if you ever miss something on the show and you want to track back, check out big life convo on facebook and um i also post on my create well being group page as well um so if you can check that out there but um We'll have more information on that when we have our guests and Christina's coming up after five. So mm. looking forward to that. Indeed.
1: Can I mention some birthdays, please, Birthdays, Nicole? yes,
0: please. Also want to send a
1: shout-out to our beloved colleague Jacinta. Hi there, Jacinta. Hi, Jacinta. Yes, hope it's going well where you are and we're looking forward to seeing you again soon back on air. And it was great to spend some bit of time with her on Saturday at uh, the Judy. Well, had we had fun and food and <laughs> Ackland
0: Street cakes. Well, yes, indeed. So and, uh, yes, I shouldn't down say for. that out loud. I shouldn't say that out loud as a, as a clinical nutritionist, but there you go. You can. Cakes were had. lapse
1: laps a little, aren't you? <laughs> on a special occasion. Um, so speaking of birthdays and special occasions, I'd like to send birthday cheers to my friend Dora, who's having a birthday on uh, this Saturday, actually the 18th. And uh, also... Um, the late, great Sonny Bono has a birthday around this time. Yoko Onu, who's still very much with us. Yoko, well into her 80s now, I think. In fact, a big birthday coming up around this time. She, I think she's turning 90. Um, and good for her. Happy birthday, Juice Newton. Um, and the late, great Jean Pitney. Um, and we're going to play a little bit of Jean Pitney a bit later. Mm. Um, because, of course, I uh, also wanted to, And on a sadder note, I also wanted to mention um, that the late, uh, that, uh, Bert Bacharach, the brilliant... Songwriter, composer, um, and singer has left us. Uh, I think he was ninety-four. Um, but I was a big fan of his, and in fact, brought in the CD, which I've had for almost twenty years. We see very often on this in
0: the studio, we don't do we? Because he's got so many wonderful artists. So many for his seventy-fifth
1: birthday. So it's almost twenty years old, and it's one of my favorites. I drag out, drag in, and drag out regularly. I love to listen to it. And it's got some brilliant artists on, including Dan Warwick and uh, the Jifters and Tom Jones, and of course Gene Pickney and uh, Brooke Benton and. Uh, Then it's got Dusty Springfield and the, anyway, the list goes on and on. Anyway, uh, so and even Elvis Costello and Bert Fitch on this CD. Love it. Um, So we'll we'll take a little bit of um, maybe a track or two from that
0: as well. Well, We look forward to that. That might come up shortly. I also have a couple of birthdays. Uh, These ones are from practitioners that I've worked alongside. Um, Alex, happy birthday to your birthday last week. And Mm -hmm. Kay, happy birthday for today. So many happy returns, lovely ladies. There's so many birthdays in February. Or these
1: Aquarians,
0: you know exactly. (laughs) And um, um, oh, last but not least is the furry bunny rabbit at my house <laughs> oh, called Muffin, is four years old today. He's so cute. Um, there is cake and kale at our house. He's very <laughs> indulged, that bunny, but he's the year of the rabbit, so he's allowed to break out. Cake, <laughs> cake for us, kale for the rabbit. Um, so, um, oh, I so thought that's that pretty was good. Quite How long do rabbits usually live? Do you know? Uh, the of a bunny eight, eight to ten oh, so sometimes, to if you're lucky? Go. yes. He's got a great life. He might live to ten or twenty. Yes, yes. I think yes. it makes a difference. I, I, I don't know this for fact because mm-hmm. this is our first rabbit Uh as a pet. But if they're dissexed or not, and I think oh, that that yes. can make a difference to their lifespan as well. Of, they live longer if they are de-sexed? Um, I'm not sure which way, way it is.
1: That might be true because in the wild, I, I believe um, male rabbits they're pretty they're pretty rampant. They can be, and maybe yes. they get to a lot of fights yes. as a result, and they might not live very long. Maybe so anyway, Muffin is is um, doing very well. He's such a pretty rabbit, the, the floppy the floppy
0: head He's yes. a, a lop rabbit. A lop rabbit. Yes. yes, he's gorgeous. Just a very standard size, fluffy white lop rabbit. Does he get so. on with Hardy the dog? And uh, they sniff at each other occasionally. Yeah. I think if he ran off and and he was free, and so was Hardy. That wouldn't be a good thing. Oh, okay, yes. Yeah, it's possibly not. Don't want to <laughs> but, try that. But we're not going to try that. They sniff <laughs> sniff each other through the uh, the fence there as well. Oh, So okay. um, we do get that on occasion. So a bit of, bit of a sort of mutual respect. Kept at a distance. Oh, yes. sorry. I, I have a, um, an adjudicator on the other end of the uh, phone line saying yes? Muffin's muffins actually five years old. Five, happy birthday. There you go. So he's going to rabbit school this year. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what the rabbit years are in, in um, human years. No, no, No idea about that, anyway. He's been a wonderful pet. You've had him since he was a tiny little thing. A little, little thing, yes, yes. indeed. All right, it is um, 21 minutes past. Wow. Actually, it's not 21 minutes. I tell a lie. It is 17 minutes past four o'clock. You're with Big Life Conversation. It is Nicole and Barbara on 94.1 FM. And we might go to that tune we were referencing a little earlier. Um, let's have a listen to this one, the beautiful Burke Bacharach collection. And it's says Jean Pitney, is it? It's, it is. Um,
1: Only love can break a heart. And, of course, it's Valentine's Day. I hope yours won't be broken tomorrow. It is
0: tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Sick of quick-fix diets that promise everything and deliver nothing? Finding the right diet and satisfying all your needs can be challenging. Get the right information from a qualified clinical nutritionist. Nicole McAuliffe from Create Wellbeing Group is a qualified and experienced nutritionist who will support you every step of the way with a tailored wellbeing plan. Listen to Nicole's nutrition tips every Monday on 3WBC's Big Life Conversation. Listeners will receive a 10% discount on initial consults. Call 0407 224 288 to make a booking. Create Wellbeing Group, empowering people to make better food choices. And welcome back. It is Big Life Conversation with Barbara and Nicole on 94.1 FM. And that was the late green, great Jean Pitney,
1: who predeceased Bert Becker the composer of that wonderful song, Only Love Can Break a Heart. Uh, and of course i had to mention to you nicole um bert um he did write some songs or the music for many songs but um the lyrics uh, often were by the brilliant and also sadly departed hal david so uh, that what a what a team they were and um, and i did have to throw in just in passing that But backrake was (laughs) a (laughs) Taurus.
0: We were having a chat about that on the weekend. We just know so many Mm. a lot, a lot in my family, and my sister, and my brother-in-law, and my son. Exactly, we're surrounded by the bulls. (laughs) (laughs) And of course, you know, people in the studio. Um, So I just had a couple of little nutrition tip items. Yes, Um, we had our first food for thought, your Mm. feel-good nutrition program, on Saturday, and. We're fortnightly, but it was the first one for the year, and uh, there was a a couple of nutrition tips and also a bit of science news that we shared there. And I just thought I'd reiterate a couple of them, given that it was the start of the year. I thought I would start with vitamins and vitamin A. Oh yes. Um, So vitamin A is a really important uh, vitamin. It's a fat soluble vitamin. You might know it as beta carotene. Oh yeah. And our RDI or recommended dietary intake. Um, is 900 um, micrograms a day. And um, this can be had by an old-fashioned means, which is a teaspoon of cod liver oil. Not usually the most yummiest (laughs) way to get your vitamin A, but some people still highly, um, you know believe and uh, rightly so that it is very good for you Um, but that will give you 100% of your RDI for vitamin A. Um, The beta carotene does convert to vitamin A A, and a half a cup of spinach or sweet potato will give you 100% of your RDI as well. So you only need a cup of spinach a day um, or a sweet potato and you get that um, vitamin A. Um, Very important for body tissues, Thyroid hormone, immunity, particularly good for eyesight as are all the yellow, red, orange veggies that have the beta carotene in them, Um, helps mobilise iron. So if you're a little bit iron deficient, sometimes you can have the iron, but if you haven't got the vitamins to mobilise it, um, vitamin A can help. It is sensitive to light and can be lost in cooking Ah. and deficiency can be caused by things like diabetes, lots of sugar, Crohn's disease and thyroid disease. So Mm. that is our vitamin A. Um some people take that in a Mega Three fish oil capsule. Um, others get it from their veggies, which is usually the easiest and best way because you get a whole lot of other nutrients to have with it as well. And a bit of fibre. Uh, lots yes. of fibre. So exactly. a nice one, good for the eyesight. And given that we've had lots of warm weather recently, mm. you know our eyes are impacted by the sun yes. and we want to make sure that we're um, providing the nutrients for healing our eyes as well. Exactly. And speaking of healing,
1: mm. um, we were talking off here about, of course, Valentine's Day, Um Um, Was it to all the lovers and those who can remember or those who are looking forward to it? Um, uh, But uh, there's an important
0: appeal going on, I think, um, courtesy of Heart Kids. Did you want to mention something? Yeah, so every Valentine's Day is Sweethearts Day, which mm-hmm. is a promo for the charity Heart Kids, uh, which we are associated with, with our son who has a congenital heart defect. So um, well, I think it's one in five babies are born with a um, heart condition. And so this company, not company, this charity focuses on supporting uh, research, but also families day to day. Um, coping mm. and dealing with um, the um, the the tricky nature of heart conditions and yes. also um, the surgeries associated with that. Uh, so get onto HeartKids if you would like to dot and you can make a donation, perhaps instead of buying chocolates this <laughs> Valentine's <laughs> Might Day be for your heart too. Actually. Yeah. So if you want to be a bit philanthropic mm. on your Valentine's Day and. Give someone uh, the benefits of perhaps receiving a heart or heart research that Mm. might help heart patients, especially those with um, congenital heart defects. That's a really nice one to go to. It is very important. Thank you, Nicole. Um, so very shortly, we're coming up to 4:30 um, when we're going to have our first guest. It's 20, 26 minutes past four, as we speak. We might have a, another tune, and then um, we'll be speaking with the wonderful Gerardine Turner and uh, her upcoming Agatha Christie show, The Mousetrap, um, which I'm keen to see. Mm, so, like a few of us, looking forward to that one. Let's have a tune. And that is Saturday Sun by Vance Joy, a nice one. We played that on Saturday. There was a lot of sun on Saturday, so it was quite apt for Indeed. us then. And uh, Big fan yeah, of young Vance's. Yes, <laughs> yes, we don't mind a few tunes from Vance Joy. Uh, it is right on 4.30. You're on Big Life Conversation with Nicole and Barbara. And um, we're lucky enough to have our first guest on the line, Geraldine Turner. Welcome to the show. Thank
1: you for having me. Geraldine, it's Barbara. It's a real thrill for me to be finally getting to chat to you. I've been a fan of yours for quite some time, enjoyed your well, work I'll and uh, over the years. And, um, of course, you're not just a triple threat, the singing, dancing and acting routine, but you're a writer too. I really uh, enjoyed your, uh, your book over the weekend, Turner's Turn. I oh, did. I did. I wanted to do a bit of research, and um, <laughs> even though, as I said, I've been lucky enough to have uh, uh, been in the audience with some of your productions over the years. We're keen um, here, <laughs> <laughs> exactly, <laughs> including Anything Goes. I think it was one of them I saw, and I saw that um, No, No, Annette with Sid Sharice in it. All oh those my years God. ago. <laughs>
0: must be as old as me. <laughs> oh, we're not, young
1: not, at heart. Not, not quite as mature. And <laughs> no, Nicole, Nicole's the baby in the studio. But um, anyway, it's so it's a real thrill to, to be able to chat. And uh, also to talk about, apart from your brilliant career, this play. Now, ha, have you seen or ha, did you see The Mousetrap at all at any time wh- over you know, the years? You
2: know, the number of times I've been to London in my life. Yes. And I've never been to see The Mousetrap. Oh, really? So, no, never been to see it. And, uh, you know, when I was offered it by Robin Never, our director, I... I I read it, of course, and I thought, oh, it's a good play. Yes, I'll do that. That'll be good. And, um, But it's a much better play than I first thought because when we had our first table read, when we had our first read-through, yep. it just leapt off the page. Mm-hmm. And what's surprising and wonderful, of course, it's got all those Christie elements to it. Yes. A lot of people have snowed in at a guest house and... Somebody gets killed, and you know, you've got to be yes. spoiler a alert. alert. Yes, and they're all <laughs> we'll take it the of, <laughs> they're all sort of disparate characters. Yes, but what's surprising is that it's very funny, it's a comedy as well. Yes, so as well as being a mystery, you get a lot of belly laughs. So, sure. you know, the audience is absolutely loving it, they're lapping it up, and uh, it, it's a terrific play. And it is, we have a great cast of actors, and uh, you do.
1: And you're working with the wonderful Robin Nevin as a director, and not for the first time.
2: No, I've worked with Robin a few times over the years as an actor and as a director. And, yeah, I think we have a kind of shorthand going because we've been friends for years. And, um, you know, I I think that Robin's a terrific director because she doesn't put pressure on actors to perform too early in the rehearsal process. Mm -hmm. So she gives you a chance to sort of discover things and a chance to try things different ways. And, you know, that's all very important to actors. Some directors want to perform sort of in the second week, you know, but... Robin doesn't, and I think that's a great thing.
1: It is, know? and also it helps that she's a great actress, actor herself, of course, doesn't it? She so understands
2: the process. She does. She understands what actors go through and all the kind of, you know, the the failings of an actor and worrying that you're not good enough all the time. The stress and the the strain of it all. Yeah, the stress and strain of it all. That's right, yeah. Exactly. he understands that. Indeed.
1: And so it's opening um, officially at the Wonderful Comedy Theatre. You've played there a few times, haven't you, over the years?
2: I've only played there once. I did Chicago Theatre 100 years ago. Okay. In in 1981 or Mm 82, I'm sure, but we did that show for two years. But, uh, yeah, that's the only time I've ever performed at the Comedy. So
1: it's a beautiful theatre. It is. Got and a lot, lot of atmosphere and a, you know sort of character. It, it feels did. quite
2: intimate, you know, because yes. it only speaks a thousand people. So it'll, our play will be very good there. You know, it's um, an ideal setting
1: for it. that's true. Yeah, it'll
2: look good. Um, the audience will feel close to the action. Uh, yeah, it'll it'll be
1: terrific in there. I think it yeah. will. And this play has got a fascinating history because it's been running for more than seventy years. Or isn't that right? In in London, it's and then of longest
2: running play in history.
1: Is that so? It's quite and, amazing, yes. And in her
2: will, Agatha Christie has stipulated that they can never make a film of it till it closes in the West End. Oh, is well, it so? Oh.
1: It's never going to close in the West End, so
2: you have something <laughs> to, right. to play. Yes. There'll never be a film version.
1: Exactly, and don't tell anyone at the ending. <laughs> <laughs> no, no,
2: just you did it. And, you know, when I first read the play, I didn't guess who did it because it's like all those Agatha Christie stories, you know, you, everyone arrives and we've all got secrets and anybody could have done it you know exactly so there's a lot of red herrings and things so yeah. I think it's hard to guess and I think you know a lot of my friends have been to see it and said that they had no idea who did it you know uh, they thought no, it's so, it stands
1: up after all these years and she herself was a fascinating person have you seen that series on the ABC about her
2: yes yes he was a fascinating person mm. absolutely yeah.
1: yeah
2: but but you know a really really terrific writer
1: yes and That's someone a who's a great—I mean, I used to love the Agatha Christie books as a as a kid. I was a bit younger, quite a bit younger. But um, she really knows how to paint, set a scene, and she's was a great observer of character, wasn't she?
2: Absolutely right. Absolutely right. I mean, they're all sort of, I guess, upper class British people as yeah. they were <laughs> in all of those plays. Yes. So you know. We're all doing, you know, impeccable British accents. Ah, wow.
0: so, I was going you know, to ask that. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. We're all doing. I think we're doing very well on the accent front. Um, and and you know, it, it's, it's yeah. I think it, it's a terrific group of actors. It's a great ensemble, and we love doing the play, and we love giving so much joy to audiences. You know, and I, and the other thing that surprises me, apart from the fact that it's a comedy, that it's so funny, yes. and a mystery, is that I thought that maybe everyone who came to see it would be over fifty. But in fact, a lot of the audience, a lot of people who book tickets are young people. Oh, great. So, you new know, there are a lot audience, young, new fans of, mm. young fans of Agatha Christie out there, I That's
0: think. That's fantastic. I think there is. I think there's been a whole revival in murder mysteries and, you know, the crime, right. the crime thrillers yes. <laughs> as well. But, you yeah, know, yeah. Agatha Christie has such a way of in that winding, you know, you sort of think yeah. you're going but down you a know, certain direction <laughs> and then you don't. Exactly. On
2: television every night you can see, you know, on Foxtel and all those programs, you can see some sort of Miss Marple show or <laughs> Pyro yes. or something, you know. Yes, I and mean, There's always something on, so I guess young people do watch them.
1: Yeah, exactly. And you mentioned what a wonderful cast you, you are with or you're mm. part of, including Anna O'Burn. I uh, saw her yes. in Love Never Dies. <laughs> And, yes,
2: um it's the first time I've worked with Anna. Yeah, we get on very well.
1: And yeah. she, 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 like you can hold a tune, can't she? I saw her in Love Never Dies. So, can oh, can yes. hold a <laughs> tune, indeed.
2: We all, we, actually, most of us are from musical theatre.
1: Yes, most Jerry Connolly. Yes,
2: yeah, which is and and Alex Rathgaber and um, you know, and Elisa uh, Collar, who's one of our covers. Yes. Is, from musical theatre as well. Fantastic. So, yeah, it, yeah, it's quite interesting that we've all ended up in this straight play, you know, it's
1: great. But you won't be getting to um, flex the vocal cords in that direction, I gather, in this particular... It's strictly a play, not a musical, this one, is that right?
2: particularly a play, but there may be a bit of a song at the end. Oh, ah. that'd, that'd be
1: something for too as well. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. And I was just going to ask you, Geraldine, um getting back to your uh, very clearly titled book, um, Turner's Turn, and of course you, this book is, has also spawned a show, a one-woman show, is that right? Yes, that's
2: right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, look, yeah, it's... I, when I set out to write a memoir, I, I, uh, I wrote it during lockdown, of course, like everyone did. We all wrote books. Yes. Um, then I had to publish it after that. But yes. I, I knew that I didn't want to write one of those sort of light books that sort of, you know, then I did mm. this and then I did this. I find them so boring. Yes. Because what's interesting is finding out about someone's life, that's not true. about their career. Yes. Because you can Google their career, you know. Exactly. So I wanted to make it an honest, candid thing. And then I, of course, that's what I've written. I wrote the book I wanted to write. But then when I got a publisher, then I started thinking, "My God, I think I'm going to read this?"
1: <laughs> <laughs> Was it therapeutic and cathartic? Because for those people who don't know, you, you did have a pretty rough, uh, rough time in your in your family on many occasions, sadly.
2: Yes, absolutely. Yes, some of the books quite harrowing, but mm. luckily a lot of it's funny as well. Yes. So, look, it, you know, yeah, and and I I did worry that I would be judged by writing things like this, you know. But I thought to myself, well, that's the book I want to write, mm, and exactly. that's what I'm going to do. And you know, I have had so many wonderful letters from people oh, saying good. that it's opened up something in them and that they remember that it's about their father who was abusive yes. or you know like I've had a lot of fantastic letters from people so I, it's made me think. Yeah, I did the right thing writing my real story.
1: Well, you I know? think yeah, you're very brave, but and gutsy. But you also reminded me a bit of um, Jimmy Barnes doing a similar thing, and yes. actually drawing attention to you know, issues of domestic violence and, and alcohol abuse and that sort of thing, and how the, te- the terrible fallout on, on not, not just the people themselves, but their families and friends, and and how you know, sadly it's still it's still a problem today in our society. Of course. Oh, of course, it is.
2: Absolutely, mm. absolutely. I mean, thank God we're talking about it yes. today. Yes. Exactly. We didn't used to talk about it. Exactly. Very important. It was a big secret. Now that's right. So my mother's mental health, a big secret. Yes. Because nobody ever talked exactly. about Exactly. It you was a dark sort thing. of
1: shameful thing. Are you right? Shameful thing that you pushed
2: under the carpet.
1: Exactly. And, and there's much, much more understanding of it now with therapy and um, the, the knowledge of post-traumatic stress and all sorts of other things and genetic factors with in terms of mental health issues. Um, yes. As and you said. programs. Yes, exactly. And and so from that point of view, um, I think, well, even though it's not, it's not an easy thing to, to deal with today, I think it's, it's easier in some ways because... Uh, some of the stigma, it's not entirely it ha- hasn't left, but um, a lot of the stigma has gone from, from talking Absolutely about right.
2: it. Absolutely right. And I think it'll get better as the years go on. Yeah, and right? with
1: books yeah. like yours and people like Jimmy Barnes and, and as you say, the more you talk about it uh, I think yeah. that the healthier it is for for everybody concerned really. Even, yeah, I think it, that's... Yeah, even though it is very confronting. But um, yeah. I, I was going to ask you though um, because my late father uh, hailed from Brisbane and I, I know uh, some of your references are sort of, oh, Lennon's Hotel. Um, I think my yes. parents had their um, their honeymoon there, actually, so you my know? late parents, yes. Oh, my God, it yes. was a great hotel Leonard. Yes, it was, and, uh, exactly. In Queen Street. Yes, exactly. So um, so some of those things that have rung a bell. And, um, yes, and my, my grandparents, um, my late grandparents were, were from there as well. So I have very happy memories of um, of holidays oh, up there. the single inn, single inn, <laughs> Yes, I mean, you mentioned that. Yes, I'm I'm not quite sure about the Shingle Inn, but I was only a kid at the time when I was visiting up there. But, uh, you know, uh, it was always a thrill to go. But um, I was just talking also actually to um, one of my brothers uh, the other night about this, um, just in terms of uh, dysfunctional families, the the one that you came from, and a lot of us do in one way or another. There's no perfect family out there, um, obviously. But um, did you find that the arts, and particularly performing, were they an escape for you? Was that was, that, was it sort of like therapy for you in, in some ways? Absolutely right.
2: I mean, I think a lot of people in show business, not everybody, mm. I mean, some come from perfectly happy middle-class families, yes. you know, and they become active. But a lot of people in show business, I think, it's sort of seeking a tribe, you know, that's yes. theirs, and it's a safe place. That yes. I feel safe when I'm on a stage, mm. you know, with, with a lot of actors and They're my family for that period of
1: time,
2: and yeah, I think it's seeking approval somehow. Yes, and love and acceptance.
1: Yeah, you're right. And
2: approval from an audience and all of those things. Yeah, exactly. A lot of people go into show business because they've come from dysfunctional families. I I mean, they have to have a little bit of talent, probably.
1: Yeah, that helps. Yes, (laughs) as you obviously had it. You had in spades, Um, and obviously in terms of um, your work in um, in theatre and uh, on the small screen and on the large screen. And the fact, as I say, is it says that you're a quadruple threat because you can sing, dance, act and write. So, ah. <laughs> no, I'm a public author now,
0: my God. Yes,
2: <laughs> wow. Yeah, exactly. i something else. I don't know
0: else I'll have to exactly. <laughs> I love
2: writing. I actually love the act of writing. Oh, you do? Love- oh, great. I do. I absolutely love it. I, I- it's never sitting down and there's a blank page and I worry about what I'll write. I just, it's sort of all vomits out of me. <laughs> and then I, then the next day I get up and read what I've written and I think, well, that's crap. Think, you know, and I cut all of it and start again. But at least I write things, you know. Yes. The process is not torturous. Anyone, anyone who wants to write, I, that's the advice I'd give them. Just sit down and let it all vomit out of you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but then, very therapeutic. Let, and it and flows really well.
1: It, yeah, exactly. Sorry, you, go on.
2: You'll find something that you keep. Yes. And something that you've written the day before that's really good, and you think, gee, that's good. I'll keep that bit, but I'll
1: throw out all the rest. And sure. that's okay,
2: too, because you don't. The good thing about writing, it's not like performing. You know, no one has to see it.
1: That's right. In fact, it's if quite a solitary act, isn't it? it's
2: the bin, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah. It's a private thing as opposed to a public thing, at least when you're in the initial stages, isn't it? So, that's yeah,
2: right, exactly. That's right. It's a nice that's combination. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Right. Yeah, I, right. yeah, I, I was just go on.
0: thinking of the combination. We know a couple of writer-directors and that were actors, then became writing writers and loved the writing and others that have gone the other way. But mm. just the combination of, yes, one being solitary and one being right at the front of everybody and just having the nice combination so that you can have that downtime, I guess, in between. Yeah, yeah, performing. Yes. and
2: directing is a different thing again. Exactly. It? Because it's, again, it's a bit like writing in that it's all about solving the problem.
1: Yes, exactly. That's exactly. And I right. quite
2: like that. You know, I do cryptic crosswords every day. I love them. You know, I love oh, yes,
1: so puzzles.
2: I. <laughs> I love puzzles and solving things. And yes. I think that's what makes me an okay writer. And I think I'm an okay director for that reason too. And I, and I think you know, I don't need to perform. I mean, I've performed for 52 years. Yes, yes. I mean, I love doing it, mm. and I will continue to do it for the rest of my life until I don't draw another breath. But, <laughs> but. I don't have to do it anymore. The way I used to when I was in my twenties and thirties, yes, yes. And I, but I, as long as I'm creating something in mm. some way, as long as I'm writing or directing or you know something to do with the art,
1: yes, exactly, it doesn't
2: have to be performing. But I do, I do still love performing, and I, I certainly love performing in the Mousetrap because. It's just a great thing to be a part of because
1: it's a 70-year-old play, for God's sake. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. Exactly. And, yeah, what a classic. And I was going to say, uh, you're very fortunate too in um, your choice of husband because Brian Castle's Onion is also um, in the arts, isn't he? So he's got a yes. high profile he's himself. He's
2: <laughs> yes. He's an opera conductor, yes. Yes. So, yes. he's about to start Opera on the Harbour here in Sydney. Remember? Oh, fantastic. So he'll be doing that. I
1: think it's Madame Butterfly this year. So, yes, it is, yes. I believe.
2: Yes. So that'll be great. So I'll see it. I'll rush back and see it after I finished in Melbourne. Before we go to Perth, I'll, I'll, it'll be on then. So I'll rush back and see it. You've got a
1: you've got a busy time ahead, and I was going to say. It, I would imagine in many ways, having a partner who's in the arts, it can often be a very supportive thing because you understand the pressures. Or can you sometimes maybe slightly different areas? But sometimes I've heard people who are, you know who are rivals, and their relationships don't last. But um, oh, we're not rivals at all. No, it seems to be a complimentary thing, doesn't it?
2: Yeah, I think it's a complimentary thing. And sometimes if I do a concert, he plays for me. So oh, I wow. They're,
0: they're ah, on. that's nice. Business, you know. yeah, 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 really nice. <laughs> I, yeah, um we We're, we're <laughs> very appreciative of the arts really making its full comeback mm. because um, I imagine, like yourselves in lockdown, unless you are all yeah. productive I mean, with the writing, I... but yeah, but to yeah, but see...
2: We didn't work for two years, really. really?
0: Gosh. Yes. To, to get but, out and see so, you it know, now. And,
2: and as you probably know, a lot of people in show business, you know, fell through the cracks. Yes. Didn't any governments or anything exactly, like that. So exactly, exactly. It, it, it was just very hard on people in the arts. Um, and, you know, we had enough money to eat and feed the dogs and, you know, all <laughs> that stuff. but stuff. But, you know, it, it it was very hard. It was. And so, it, I'm glad that I put myself to good use. You in did Indeed.
1: Pool. And mm. I, was, I was going to say, um, I think also maybe COVID made people appreciate the arts more. Do you think that's the case? Because we were so deprived in a lot of, in a lot of ways? I
2: hope, so. I hope so. Although sometimes I think there are so many shows coming up that I don't know how people can afford to go to all of them. Yes,
1: so that's the other thing. I know. Yeah, because it's just it, it costs a lot
2: to go to the theatre, you know. <laughs> it does. And once mm. you've got, you know, if you're a couple and once you've got a babysitter and paid them and then you've got to pay for the car park mm. and, the, and the dinner and uh, going to the show, it's... It,
1: cost a fortune yes it can it can be a bit of an extravagance but uh, some of these things are are worth making the sacrifices for (laughs) absolutely right (laughs) absolutely right and I was going to there's say like exactly and I was going to say even like I mean things have changed a little bit in, in terms of when when you were starting out I mean maybe there's an awareness that you know the arts are important as an industry and, and also in, as you know, in terms of people's mental and physical health and um, you know people appreciate that but um, in in your day I mean it, it was I think in lots of ways it was tougher in terms of of uh, trying to trying to make a living and trying to break in I mean would you, would you agree with that?
2: Yeah, I would agree with that. It was very different uh, back in the... When did I start, really? I suppose the late 60s, early 60s. Well, I've been an, a member of Actors' Equity since, I think, nineteen.
1: Yes. And so also... It, sorry, go on. I was going to say, you've done your bit with, with activism on the union front, too. I was going to say congratulations for that as well. Oh, thank
2: you. Yes, I was federal president for a number of years, yes. which, was,
1: which was great, in the late
2: just, 80s and early 90s. Hmm. So, yes, yeah, so that, that was a great thing. And I was on a lot of committees before that. So, yeah, it was good. I like I like doing all of that, and I like. Helping people, and as I said before, solving problems. I like that, it's good. Yes. And so, yeah, I've, I continue to be a sort of bit of a balshy person you know so I'm not I'm not sort of getting old and older and and calming down <laughs> I quite, please don't I, yes <laughs> no. I quite
1: like that about myself exactly so do we so do we I was just going to ask you to um, before we let you go Geraldine just in terms of your career highlights because you you've worked with some of the best or you are one of the best but I'm thinking of people like Stephen Sondheim um oh, yeah, sadly absolutely.
2: yeah I, I knew Steve first For a number of years, I, I, as it happens, was the first person in the world to do a solo Sondheim album, and then I did a second album Mm. years later at Sondheim. So I've done two albums. So, yeah, I've been a colleague of his. You know, I wouldn't say we were friends, but, you know, I used to see him when I went to New York and, you know, have lunch and stuff like that. So, yeah, I mean, I knew him quite well, and I've done a lot of Sondheim shows out here in Australia, premieres, most of them. And so yeah, I they I suppose they were a great highlights. Doing Twenty Todd was a highlight of my career. Yes, of course. And um
1: yeah, <coughs> yeah and a little I, night music was um, that was another night beautiful night. production. I uh, did a
2: little night music twice. I did the first production in Australia when I was Petra the Maid. Yes, that's right. Miller's son in Act Two. And then uh, that was the first time that people kind of sat up and said, Here's this girl, you know. And <laughs> and then years later I did a production at the Sydney Theatre Company. I was much older and I played Desiree, the lead. So And then I did Desiree again for an opera company in New Zealand. So, yeah, so now I'm the right age to play Madame
1: Armfeld. It's It's the show that keeps on giving. It is. (laughs) Yes, that's right. Generational. (laughs) Exactly. Yes. And uh, also, I'm just noticing too, um, David Williamson, um, I'm a big fan of his too, uh, wrote a a very generous forward and a kind forward to your book as well. Oh,
2: isn't he lovely? Yeah, good old David. Yes, good on him. Yeah. Yes, I asked him to write it and I thought, oh, he might say no, you know, that he's he read the book and left it for chance and I'm, I'm very, very grateful
1: to him. That's very, very nice of him. Yeah, well... You, words. I was going to say, but obviously well-deserved praise too because you were in Don's party, was that right? I was. Yes. I was in,
2: yeah, Don played at the party at the Sydney Opera House. Yeah. Yes. And, 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 uh, and I knew, I had known David years before that, you know. Uh, so, yeah, but well, i have never done plays until I did that. That's just before I did Anything Goes, I think. Yes,
1: yes, I was going to say. But you also, um, uh, around at a time when the arts were booming in terms of uh, theatre and uh, and Australian film too, weren't you? I mean, just in those Absolutely. sort of heady days. I was in that, that
2: resurgence of the Australian film industry in mm. the 1970s when I was a young girl, young starlet, I suppose. Uh, mm-hmm. Yes, I did a few films in those years and I'm very grateful to have been a part of that because that was a great time where I think Whitlam was in power then and yes. there was some sort of um, tax thing you could get if you invested That's in right, Yes, and all of that. Mm. I don't know what it was, I can't remember, but... So, you know, the film industry really took off in the 70s, and yeah, I'm very proud to have been part of that. That's great, yeah.
1: I was going to think also um, in your era, I mean, you're talking about, and we all know about the, the, the Me Too movement, just in terms of feminism and, and, and that sort of thing and, and the things that some young women had to put up with and still not maybe not just young women uh, have to put up with in um, in the the, uh, the arts and, and all walks of life, at, I guess, as well. Um, but uh, the fact that people, are, again, are aware of some of those issues now and they're being spoken about, do you think that that's a healthy thing too for the industry? Absolutely
2: fantastic. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. I mean, I... I still can't believe, I think I heard on the news this morning, it's going to be 19 through, I mean, twenty thirty four because we, until we have parity, you know. Oh yes, that, yes,
0: yeah, parity, yes. oh, yes, yes. Gender pay I Yes. How can that be? I know, yes, exactly. No, 16, about 16%, I think. Yes, it's insane. Mm. It's extraordinary, mm. isn't it? It is, it is. But, but it,
2: it, it, I mean, at least we're talking about... Exactly, exactly. ...sexual connotations and uh, women being treated with respect, you know, and, I, you know, thank God, I mean... Again, it was something that was just, you know, in the 1960s and 1970s, it was just, you know, you, people got, women got treated very badly and, and uh, not just in show as in no, everywhere, you know. exactly. And, and, and spoken of badly and all of that, mm. you know. And I think it's like when women get raped, you know, people say, oh, she was wearing a low-cut dress. Well, you know, mm. she's allowed to wear a low-cut dress. Stay yeah. away from her.
1: Yes, not taking responsibility for their behaviour, some of these no. people, which is uh, pretty disturbing. Um, I'm, but I'm hoping that some of the younger generation, uh, you know, some of these young guys coming through, you know, they're uh, a bit more aware of some of these things in terms of sensitivity. And I know it is a bit of a minefield these days, the dating scene, it can be for young people or for anyone, I guess. But, Absolutely. Uh, I, mm.
2: I think, yes, I think young men are fantastic now. I think they're, they're all coming through and they, they, they've listened and they get it. And they're much more respectful of women. I mean they're the odd bloke who isn't of yes. course, but mm. I mean that's always gonna be. Yeah. Exactly. But um but you know, I think yeah, and I think I love seeing young men with babies too and yes. strollers walking down the street. And I think, isn't that fantastic? You never would have seen that when I was a kid. No, it was a very
1: rare it's more thing. Of that now, yeah. yeah. And maybe that was that was a sad t- for, for some of the men too because they missed out on that and some of them would have been you know, would have been wonderful in that, you know, in that kind of domestic role.
2: That's um, right. That's um, right. But they weren't allowed to. Be exactly, that. and they, maybe they that it. It to be considered as soft. Or
1: exactly, um, and, uh, and maybe that's where some of their problems also stem from too, because they were thought in that way, and so you know they engage in self-destructive behaviour or whatever it was to things to numb the pain, whatever it might be. Um, yeah,
2: that's right. So I mean, you know, so you know, here we are, the three of us, we've just and everything
1: in the world. Exactly. <laughs> so, <laughs> we just waved that magic right. wand. <laughs> it only took a few minutes. But I was going to say, I was going to ask you also, just before we let you go, um, the, the play is running from, starting on the 17th and then it runs through, is it about a month that you've got at the comedy there before you head off?
2: About, I think it's about six weeks. I think we close the
1: about 26th. the 26th of yes. March. Okay, yep, so a bit of time there. Um, I think
2: it's selling very well, but we, so get in and get your tickets, so. Ticket tech, yeah, exactly right. To be in a hit. It is, and it's, and as I say, it's, it's a thrill,
1: a thrill to see you back on stage as well, and in such in such good company. So, uh, yeah, we i li- It's great to be back in Melbourne, I tell you, because I love Melbourne
2: audiences. Because you lived here for a while
1: to. too, didn't you? You were here for a while. Oh yes, I've I've
2: lived in Melbourne over the years. Yeah, yes. and I I'd go back to Melbourne tomorrow. I love it. It's just like, but well, my husband works across Australia, so we have to live. You know, we live just outside Sydney, but yes. um, in the country, but um. You Know it's a commute to Sydney to work, but um, but it's a beautiful place to live. We live in the southern highlands, it's gorgeous, yeah, beautiful. But, um, it's a bit like living, I guess, in the dandelions or something like yes. that. Yes, you know?
1: yes, all that, that mountain scenery, clean, nice. clean, mountain air, and all that sort of thing. But yeah, um, cool. yeah, but no, we really appreciate your time, Geraldine, and break a leg, as they say. And you've heard that Thank line once or twice before.
2: To I can guarantee that you'll love it. Yes, you. looking forward it's to a it. Great, it's a great night out. It's
1: yes, a,
0: thanks so much, and, and all the best. Thanks for your time. Thank
1: you. Thanks
2: for talking. Thanks, next,
0: Geraldine. Time. Bye. Bye. Attention all business owners. Are you ready to take the next step to growing your business but not sure where to start? Professional help is only a phone call away. Jacinta McNeena is an experienced and results-focused business coach ready to guide you now to achieve the success you dream of. With her proven four-step process, you'll see the results of your goals in no time. Contact Jacinta now on 419 513858. Jacinta McNina, business coach, presenter and sponsor of 3WBC Big Life Conversation. For all 3WBC listeners, mention this message when you call 0419-513-858 to receive 10% of your initial consultation. And that was Coffee by Quinn Mark E. Bassey. And uh, one about coffee, Um, which, you know, you might need in the afternoon, but usually (laughs) first thing in the morning. Um, So a nice tune. And before that... The wonderful Geraldine Turner, who is very gracious with her time today, uh, who is starring in the Agatha Christie, The Mousetrap at the Comedy Theatre. Get your tickets on Tech. Yes, and apparently it was inspired by a true
1: story. Ooh. But I, won't, I don't want to give too much away about Ooh. that. But, um, want to yeah, know anyway. Yes, anyway, so it's yes, worthwhile checking out, as I say, and if you've never seen Geraldine, um, perform this is uh, this is a great opportunity for her. as I said she's a, a quadruple threat um, <laughs> singing dancing acting and writing and perhaps maybe we should make it a quintuplet threat because she's oh, a director as well so. but, it, but she's that? surrounded by um, some wonderful people as I said Jerry Connolly and Anna Byrne amongst them and uh, the wonderful Robin Nevin um, who is directing so it's a it's a star-studded cast
0: and um, and, a, and a great story Coming up on the uh, 17th, say? Friday, Mm -hmm. uh, till the 26th in Melbourne, uh, and then other states following about. So, yes, uh, we'll be catching. Mm. Well, attention, attention Mm. to all of our listeners and friends of the 3WBC 94.1. FM crowd, our community radio station needs a new technical director. Uh, this volunteer volunteer position, as we're all volunteers here on the show, requires the applicant to be familiar with all aspects of radio broadcasting. Um, training is available in our well-equipped studios, so why not join our friendly team of volunteers for further information? Email peter.mason at 3wbc.org.au, and that's Peter, P-T-E-R, dot M-A-S-O-N. So, uh, yes, we would love a new technical director. Al's unfortunately is retiring. Sadly,
1: in um, in June, I think he's heading off, but he's a hard act to follow, but we would we would welcome some new talent, wouldn't we, as well?
0: absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Uh, So coming up in about 10 minutes, we have our second guest. But we have a few bits and pieces before that. Um, Before we had our first guest, I did my little nutrition tip on vitamin A. Um, And since we also had a little bit of a chat about um, some of Geraldine's experiences growing up, this Mm. one is actually around binge drinking. Oh, yes. And it's a nutritional... Article. It's actually some research that's come out of the University College Cork uh, mm. on the February the second of this year. Mm-hmm. Um, researchers have discovered that youth binge drinking is linked to gut microbiome changes. Mm. No, no news for me um, that you would think that, but mm. um, they've done some great research. Um, as as it says here, one in three young Europeans and I would say that would be equivalent here as well, frequently binge drink. And binge drinking is the most common pattern of alcohol misuse Mm -hmm. during adolescence in the Western countries. Um, One in three Europeans engage in frequent binge drinking In Ireland, 60% of 18 to 24-year-olds report binge drinking on a monthly basis. Binge drinking is associated with increased risk of developing alcohol use disorder and experiencing cognitive alterations which may persist into adulthood. Mm. So what they found in this study of 71 young people, they were investigated for the potential link between the gut microbiome and social cognition impulsivity mm-hmm. and craving in young binge drinkers. Mm-hmm. Binge drinking was associated with a distinct microbiome alteration and emotional recognition difficulties. Associations were found for several microbiome species linked to the emotional processing and impulsivity. Um, researchers found a strong link with cravings and alterations in microbiome composition and neuroprotective Um, and neuroactivity potential over time. Um, So these findings could help the development of novel dietary and pre- and probiotic interventions directed at improving early alcohol-related microbiota and cognitive alterations in young drinkers during their vulnerable period of adolescence. Yes, indeed. So a really interesting study and just to note that it's not actually an answer but um, there's obviously impacts of mm. that but also that it could be used in the treatments phase of this as well. Um, so, yeah, a really interesting one. It's been um, There's been a lot done in animal models and this is one of the earliest on actual um, people this that's time I mean, around. So, yes, so focusing on young adults at a crucial time of both brain and gut immune development. We yes. find the microbiome um, can be linked to the binge drinking in mm. young people. Yeah, so it's, uh,
1: it's very interesting and, and uh, as I said, we, uh, we're we finding out more and more about uh, all these impacts that these things have on our systems and what might be triggering what sort of behaviours and um, in terms of allergies and all sorts of other things. So yeah, it's, uh, it's quite intriguing and, and very important. Um, on a lighter note, mm. um, guess what's happening this weekend, Oh
0: What is on? The St Kilda Festival. It
1: is, it is. Mm, 18th and 19th of February, Saturday, 18th, Sunday, the 19th. And it's been described as being back bigger and better than ever, uh, featuring two jam-packed days of incredible live music festivities and all-round summer fun. And a lot of this is free. Um, and apparently the program is going to feature some of the best established and emerging artists from around the country, including Hoodoo Gurus, big fan of them from a Me while too. ago. Yotu Yindi, Christine Anu, Confidence Man, um, and a heaps more. And so you need to check out go online to find out what's going on. Um, there'll be things happening. Um, uh, First Peoples Artists will be performing at the O'Donnell Gardens and the St Kilda Foreshore main stage on Saturday. And then on, on Sunday, uh, the iconic day of Aussie music by The Bay Returns. And you can catch some of the biggest names in Australian music and there's going to be a tribute to Archie Roach um, and a whole lot of other people will be taking part. So go online to check out the St Kilda Festival and uh, it's always a fun
0: day or day, a couple of days out. Sounds great. And it looks like we might be having some nice weather for that very too. Very warm, indeed. Uh, and having been there just on the weekend. <laughs> yes. Um, it was pretty chock, wasn't was it? It was very busy. <laughs> so it was looking like, you know, summertime in Melbourne with the tennis and lots of tourists back again. Yes, exactly. So I feel like we're almost back to our old selves.
1: And as Jordan saying, it's almost like a an embarrassment of riches. There's so much to choose from now. <laughs> Everyone's coming out of the woodwork yes. uh,
0: to see all these shows that were,
1: were held over. So Um, lovely. That's right. And while we're speaking about uh, some outdoor entertainment, if I can also mention Mm. um, Burundara Council is uh, hosting Opera in the Park down in um, the Canterbury Gardens. And uh, if you're a bit of an opera buff... Um, you can uh, check that out uh, this Saturday, the eighteenth of February as well. How wonderful.
0: Evening. Yeah, such a nice thing to do, it is. Um, and do that outdoors when it's uh, when the weather's doing the right thing here in Melbourne. can be hit and miss sometimes. Yes, exactly. <laughs>
1: but, uh, I think I think they are forecasting it's going to be uh, uh, quite warm on um on Saturday. and uh, this is just one of many things actually that um, many, one of many events that uh, Brondo Council is organising, LABOEM OEM uh, in the gardens um, this Saturday. Um, and uh, lots of other outdoor activities. Uh, Keep your eyes peeled. Check out the Burundaro City Council website for arts events. Um, And there's also, of course, movies that are going to be on and other concerts uh, before summer
0: winds up. So um, check it all out and enjoy. Check it all out. And it's free. Oh, and we love free stuff too, <laughs> don't we? Uh, it is seven minutes past five o'clock. You're on Big Life Conversation with Nicole and Barbara on 94.1 FM. Uh, coming up, we'll have a tune and our next guest, Christina Costigan. And that was Borderline by Tame Impala. Um, A nice little tune on this Monday afternoon. You're on Big Life Conversation with Nicole and Barbara on 94.1 FM. And um, as always, we have wonderful guests and we have a friend of the show, the wonderful Christina Costigan, who is joining us um, again in another new production. Welcome to the show, Christina. Oh,
3: thanks, Nicole. Thanks, Barbara. Nice to be with you.
0: Great to see you're here, you, Christina. I remember we came
1: across each other I think was it way back in um June, when you were involved in the Bloomsday yes. production. That's right. Yeah, and what a great uh, piece of work that was too. And you're, uh, oh,
3: thank you. And now you're
1: uh, flexing your muscles with uh, the classic uh, Scottish play, Dare We Speak Its Name. Yes,
3: I think we can dare to speak its name if we're not presently in a theatre. Okay. That's so, right. So you're too, not? Sorry. Okay. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about
1: Errant um, Knaves. I haven't heard oh. of this theatre company. They sound rather intriguing.
3: Yeah, so Aaron Knaves is a sort of freshly brought together ensemble, um, uh, led by uh, producer Tom Bradley, um, but very much a sort of a reiteration and a a refresh of um, pulling together a few people that he has worked with in the past, including director Bruce Langdon um tom is an absolute passionate shakespeare lover mm-hmm. um he hasn't been on stage for a few years he's, he's been a practicing well, he still is a practicing lawyer all oh, right um but he yeah he's, he, he just wanted to um produce Macbeth Fantastic. and uh and and he, you know he has plans to um it all goes well to kind of Maintain a bit of an ensemble that we continue working together and, and looking at some other classic texts. I, I think that the Duchess of Malfi oh, wow. is, uh, is in the works as well for a, a future date. So, um, so yeah, Macbeth is a, is a play that he he really loves, and obviously it's um, it's a classic text, one that a lot of people
0: maybe studied
3: at school. Indeed, yes, um, <laughs> still are. Yeah, Colson. I are.
0: know. Yes. Yeah, yes. it's it's all coming back so, to us because <laughs> we've got someone. Uh, a 15 year old who's navigating that for the first time and um, of course you know there's been a few little Shakespearean plays out and about and movies more recently so it's um, been good for people to get their tongue and cheek around as well. Um, yes. I love this, this little promo, though, witchcraft, murder, cocktails <laughs> and guilt. So much guilt. Um, so, so much bit, guilt. Tell us <laughs> so a bit about the, the spin on this particular production of Macbeth.
3: Yeah. So um, director Bruce Langdon was really interested in exploring, obviously, you know, the main themes of the, of the play are, you know, um, that sort of ambition, grasp for power, the lengths to which people will go to Mm. to achieve that power and then things spiral out of control and there's the whole guilt, you know, ultimately brings them down. But there are, of course, these other forces in the background that are influencing things, which is, of course, the witches. So in this version, um, we're really um, leaning into that idea of even when you think you're in control, there are other forces that are really in control and that is the witches. In, in this version, and, and they've been reimagined as a sort of advertising execs, <laughs> so masters of manipulating the image.
1: The spin doctors.
3: The spin doctors. Mm-hmm. So they are um, having a wild time, yes, <laughs> mixing cocktails, um, and they kind of keep, they seep through the entire play. There are the familiar scenes with the witches, you know, double, double, boil and trouble, but (laughs) they've also been deployed um, kind of almost like the witches playing other characters, um, other small characters. So they're just kind of woven throughout the entire fabric of the production so that you do get this feeling like they are always watching, they are always in control, (laughs) they are always manipulating things. They're just hovering around, making eye contact, winking, really enjoying themselves very much.
0: As, as, sorry, are
1: you playing uh, Lady Macbeth? Is that right?
3: I I have the great honour of playing Lady Macbeth. Yes.
0: How yeah. is that? Is, That's a great oh, role. Like, it it is. is
3: a great role. It is a bucket list role for a lot of actors. And um, yes, when I was offered the role, I was—I mean, I, I didn't hesitate to accept it, but I was also a little bit scared. <laughs> <laughs> I could understand um, that. Yes. Yeah, it's daunting. There's a—you know—it's a role that that are many amazing actors have played mm. and i've seen some of those performances mm. on stage and on screen um so you know it's a little daunting but i, I have really enjoyed um finding my own version of her i mm. suppose my own interpretation of, of what is driving her and um, yes and that's fascinating and, because
1: there's so many different opinions about that and interpretation. yeah. mm.
0: interpretations yeah. did you see
3: the
1: film with um, marianne Cotillard in it the french actress
3: I have not seen that version. Mm. Um, as soon as I knew I'd be playing the role, I stopped. I didn't want to see okay, that. Okay, yes, I don't have that
0: to take the I yeah, view. your own gladly original version.
3: Yeah, I'll gladly mm. watch them another time, but I didn't want those other versions in my enough. brain yes. at the
1: moment. Yeah. Well, I i not tell you then about the psychology behind um, or the motivation given uh, to her in that particular interpretation. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, um, it,
3: I think I know. Like, I think they make a point of... Oh, into that in the in the original text, mm. but I think that they make it explicit that the Macbeths have had a child that died. Yes, that basically. Right?
1: That's that's basically a, a lot of the yeah. trauma, post-traumatic stress, or whatever you want to call it, stems from that. That's the, that was one theory. That's yes, playing out. Yeah. Mm. And
3: look, I I um I, I do have that in my mind. I, I decided for myself as well that that, that is that, you know when she talks about you know I have given suck that that she that is yes. Not uh, theoretical. That is that is a real thing, and that and that child is is no longer around. Mm-hmm. So it, it's one of the drivers. But I think you know, basic terms. She is power hungry, yes. and the way she accesses power is through her husband. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So and that sort of you know, and and that's how how it's always worked between them. I think they've got a very codependent relationship. Yes, indeed. Um, but then he kind of goes off the rails. Yeah. He gets a pay for blood and he you be become to that apartment and and she yes. doesn't
1: it doesn't uh turn out all that happy at the end of it either does she <laughs> no but no that,
0: it's yes. it's great, and i've you know just had little glimpses of the um photographs of yourself, christina, and it's yes. i can I can see lady Macbeth <laughs> uh, absolutely um looking quite fierce there so um, <laughs> Thank um, you. I love that yes. about her, and such a lovely you know well. Such a strong character. (laughs) Lovely might not be the right descriptor, um, (laughs) but such a strong one that you can get into. Yes,
3: (laughs) (laughs) She is fabulous and she's got some fantastic scenes to play and some fantastic lines and iconic soliloquies. So uh, it's certainly been um, really enjoyable getting my teeth into her and really kind of, you know, figuring out for myself how how she ticks. And, um, and Tom, who's playing Macbeth, is just – he's such a master at the language and he knows that character inside and out. I think he actually has played Macbeth before maybe 20 years ago. So, Oh, really? He's he knows the text inside and out and he, um, he's terrific to play against.
0: Yes. He,
3: he's so good. And he also – because he knows it so well in rehearsals when we're a bit like – oh, gosh, I don't really know what I'm saying here. Like, what is, what is this sentence? What is she trying to say? And yes. then you're like, oh, this is the, you know, it's referencing this and it's that. And yes. like, oh, that's so good. That's so great to have a, alongside. A, real, like, a really great resource.
0: Yeah, yeah, fab- yeah I'd say absolutely. And, and I, I wouldn't need that, that's for sure. Um, because yes. whilst you might study it, that's every line that you're presenting mm-hmm. and... Um, and so my question was, you know, how do you prepare for, for that? How how have you prepared? Um, and, and have you prepared any differently to anything else that you've been in in the past?
3: Well, I would say this is one of the longest rehearsal periods yes. that I've um, participated in. Um, maybe ever, but certainly for for many years, Um We started rehearsals in October last year,
0: Okay. Um,
3: two and then three times a week. Uh, We did take a a little break, about three weeks over Christmas, New Year period, uh, and then we were back into it mid-January. So it's been quite a long time, but that has been fantastic because Mm. you do have a bit more of a challenge with the language and getting your head around that and your tongue around all of that language. And so it's been really valuable to have that extra time, the luxury of that time. Yes, to yes. Not just figure out the character, but also really, really get into the text, and really understand exactly what's going on and find all those lovely moments between characters at the point where the language feels like second nature. And so you're able to kind of do all the other fun stuff that, oh, that's that goes great. into a performance.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I was going to um, uh, say that you're obviously very busy because that's in between everything (laughs) else that you do day to day.
3: (laughs) I do work full time. Yes. (laughs) And have a
0: a few circus tricks up your sleeve as well, I believe.
3: That that is also true, (laughs) yes.
0: Uh, (laughs) I was just showing Barbara a few little uh, snapshots of your aerial work.
3: Yes, I do love um, my aerial hoop. I've been training in that for... um, Nearly seven years, wow. actually, and I just love it for um, for fun and fitness. Oh, yes.
1: Fantastic! It's not part of this particular no. production, I gather. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, it's, no, it's
0: not. <laughs> haven't managed to weave Lady Macbeth into that yet. That's so, like, uh, not
3: no, not Lady <laughs> Macbeth in the hoop. Although I did have in another Blue Stain Melbourne show a few years back when I was a little baby hooper, um, mm-hmm. we actually incorporated some of my um, some of my hoop moves into the production, which was pretty cool it's oh, good fun mm. to do yeah, yeah.
0: absolutely yeah, use, use the talents use all <laughs> of the talents <laughs> yeah it's <laughs> really fantastic so there's a um the season goes from the 17th of february to the 25th yes we open this
3: friday
1: yes yeah, so exciting. yes and this venue is an interesting one isn't it? the the meat market sort of craft center in north melbourne
3: that's right. So it's this amazing, I think, 200-year-old bluestone building. Mm-hmm. I believe it's heritage it. listed. Mm-hmm. Um, and it used to be a meat market. And it's um, it's been an art venue for many years now. Yes. Um, and so it's really – I've seen a number of shows there over the years, and it's got great acoustics and an incredible – vibe like to walk in there it's this huge space and you're walking on bluestone yes and, i have you know, been there it is
1: it's very atmospheric isn't it oh, that's very great for this kind of production very, i imagine yes. i do yeah. yes
3: it sort of lends a grandeur to the, to the staging which sure. is uh, very appropriate fantastic yeah. so you're opening this friday and how long are you running so we open this friday and we're doing friday saturday uh sunday at 5 p.m mm-hmm. and then we're running every night tuesday to saturday next week
1: Oh wow!
0: So it's pretty short yep. but intense, by the sound of it. Short but intense. Next yes, you might week's. need some yeah. time <laughs> off after that. Yes, I can yeah. imagine. Yeah. yeah,
3: but it'll be great. It's actually wonderful as a performer to to do that many shows in a row because you really get into such a nice rhythm with it, um, and it just you can really enjoy it. You know, so we can't wait. Like we've been rehearsing for so long. We had our last kind of rehearsal in a rehearsal venue. Um, yesterday right. and now we'll be bumping in to the theatre this week and we'll be doing our tech and dress rehearsals in in the theatre mm, so we can't exciting. wait we can't yeah. wait to get on that stage and add the lights and add all our costumes yes. and just the, those final little bits of um, magic stuff
0: and the costumes any little snippets of information that you can give us on those I get it's a oh, modern
1: day but... interpretation can I interrupt for a minute is that right so, Is that um, a modern day interpretation regarding costumes?
3: Yeah, yes. it's, it, it's sort of set, not not a specific decade, but it's got a kind of 80s 90s feel. Mm-hmm. So, um, shoulder the witches, pads the witches <laughs> are there sort of advertising um, uh, like people are looking very dynasty. With oh, yes. 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 <laughs> <laughs> love and it. Shoulder hair. Yeah.
0: Yes. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, a few shoulder pads, I think, there as well. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's great. I love the 80s. Um, very, yep. very much looking forward to that and looking forward to seeing you there. Um, I am bringing my whole clan along um, oh, to amazing. have a look. Thank you. So everyone else can actually get tickets on Eventbrite and we have yes. put that on our Facebook page, Big Life Conversation, and it's also on Create Wellbeing Group. And I know, Christina, you have some promos there as well. So if you Google Eventbrite and Macbeth, um, you'll get the tickets there. Um, that's right. So get and along Arant to see And is
3: also on Facebook and Instagram. Great. So Aaron So that's um, Naves, yeah. at
0: A-R-R-A-N-T dot Naves, K-N-A-V-E-S. Um, just get your tickets so excited for you Um, you. very very excited to see it and um, good luck with it all or as Barb always says Break a leg. So leg. So yeah, and I don't, don't know if I like saying that. No,
1: well, not literally, but no whistling in the theatre and uh, no talking about that particular... Well, don't mention that word or that name. <laughs> don't
0: mention the name. Don't mention the, the war. Theater. Don't mention the war. That's right. Thanks so much for speaking with us and telling us all about that. Um, as I said, it's um, a... Nice, interesting take on uh, the classic, and um, yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing those little nuances and, and how you bring that to life uh, as Lady Goodbear. So, Thanks for the opportunity to come, you know,
3: have a chat too That's about a pleasure. It. We, we've
1: been lucky today, we've been actually uh, delving into the dark side of life because we've just had a chat with Geraldine Turner from The Mousetrap, and now there's a uh, murder of another kind uh, with your production. Yes. <laughs>
0: Yeah, if you foul. Exactly. Yes. No, we're very, very spoilt. So um good luck with it all. And thanks for talking with us. Um uh Christina Costigan. All right, thanks we so much, are Christina. on Big Life Conversation. this is um a tune borderline by uh actually, no, we had borderline last time. This is Tangerine by Glass Animals. Mm-hmm. Watermelon Sugar High by Harry Styles. Um, A nice little tune there. And before that, we had uh, Tangerine by um, Glass Animals. That was what we were doing. So um, it is... uh 27 minutes to 6 o'clock and uh, you're on Big Life Conversation with Barbara and Nicole, 94.1 FM. We've had two wonderful guests today, two lovely female actors and uh, the most recent one was Christina Costigan in uh, the production by Arendt Knaves uh, of Macbeth. And she's playing Lady Macbeth. She is indeed and a little spin on that, a mm. modern sort of 80s Salesy, greed uh, is good kind of attitude. Yes, <laughs> spin on that one. Mm. So a bit of a sales execy kind of background there, and, and you the can,
1: spin doctors and the whole media. That's thing. right.
0: Mm. So I like I like what they're doing there, and you can get tickets on Eventbrite com au uh, if you search for Macbeth tickets. So um, get along to see that one from the seventeenth to twenty fifth
1: of February, and Geraldine Turner who is playing. Um, we are like to speak with her, who is playing, apparently, uh, Mrs Boyle, who has um, been described as um, a rather unpleasant retired magistrate. So um, anyway, so, and she'll, um, she'll, she'll do a fine job and, and tickets available um, online for that at the Comedy Theatre, also opening on the 17th and running toward the 26th of February before it
0: tours around. So much choice now. Exactly. We're sport for it, aren't we? Lots and lots of things to go and see at the moment. So, Barb, what are some of those other things that we can go and see at the moment? Yes, well, we mentioned the St Kilda Festival coming up. Yes. Um, Also, for movie buffs,
1: um, the annual Melbourne Women in Film Festival, MWF, is returning for its seventh year from the 23rd to the 27th of February. Um, And it's taking place at ACME, the Australian Centre for the Moving Image, and they're the the official presenting partner of the festival. And um, through the, the theme connections, MWF will explore creative collaborations with local and international filmmakers so that sounds like one that's uh well worth checking out as well for all new film buffs
0: and it is almost this february has been chockers hasn't it it has been and i think everyone's just you know launched straight into 2023 with all of those amazing productions (laughs) exactly and we're very grateful for that we are and of course the oscars are coming up too again (gasps) yes Yes. Yes. i know Mm. oscar parties in fact Miss Christina Costigan is very good at Oscar parties. Oh yes, yeah, she, uh, she? she is right into it, and we have had many a, a frocking a, <laughs> occasion where we have dressed up um, in our finest to watch that and also do a little bit of side betting um, <laughs> on who will win. So um, I look forward to hearing a little bit more about that. So uh, um, I don't know what the who the nominees are at this stage. Any inklings of the movies that are getting the top feelings uh, at
1: the sort of the, sorry, the uh, conductor, the female, the woman conductor? Yes. Um, yes, I think that they've been pushing that. I think also the Fabermans might be up for something, the Steven Spielberg yes. biopic, which yes. I did see and which I did enjoy. Yes. Um, and uh, that uh, story of his, uh, of his early childhood, really. Um, and then. Uh, Also, on on another note, there's something I saw just recently, uh, True Spirit, um, streaming on Netflix. Have you heard about this film? No. This is um, featuring um, young star Tegan Croft, um, and she's playing the role of Jessica Watson um, in uh, the uh, the amazing story, really, of the 16-year-old who sailed solo around the world in 2009. Can
0: you believe it? I know. Um, That feels like just yesterday. It does.
1: And it's got um, Anna Paquin playing her mother and Josh Lawson playing her father and um, yeah, I have to say that um, it's really, really well done. And it is, it's is—it's—it's um, quite spectacular. I mean, so they obviously use it you know, in computer graphics, but you really do feel the stress and strain of it all, the pressure of it all on this young girl. And, and you might be thinking, would I let my daughter slash niece slash friend do this sort of thing? I mean, it was, it was, it was, was it controversial. She was 15 at the time. or 16. She was 16. Yeah. Just about to turn. Um, Seventeen, another Taurus. What can I say? <laughs> <laughs> this is just accidental that these Taurians are Sure, Barbara. Sure. <laughs> I know you don't <even> believe, it. <laughs> but uh, it, it's a, it's a very inspiring story. And of course, she herself was um, encouraged by Jesse Martin, who'd done it a few years or a couple of years or so before her. And I think he was a little uh, old, a little older, maybe eighteen. But uh, they were both just babies. He didn't have the advantage though that she did. I think of some of the very fancy electronic communication systems, which were amazing. But as I did was saying to my. Partner Joe, um, you know, well, it's not much helping all that communication gear if you you've fallen overboard, you're drowning, and you knocked your head and uh, you're unconscious. That's right. All the you things you go wrong.
0: There is there mm. is a, a billion, and you know our sea is so unpredictable. Exactly. And starting here, I guess you get the the pretty nasty stuff done quite quickly if you. Jetting off from Melbourne, I don't know <laughs> where, where, which way, and which direction, but I'm, I'm really curious to see that one because um, I think it is an amazing story and it's a true story, and yes. I'd like to get stuck into it's those stories. Look, yeah. it's
1: very inspiring. I mean, you might, you might think, mm. oh, I'll go, I'll try that myself, but even just getting into sailing or, or perhaps uh, getting out of your comfort zone, stretching yourself a bit. Uh, obviously, you know, taking risk factors into account, but um, yeah, she's um, yeah. I was going to say, I said also to said to my partner, How do you top that? And if you peak so early, what do you do now? What do you do afterwards? Everything else is a bit of a come down, isn't it? I I don't know. There are athletes that do that. I know that
0: um, some of them do fall into a, a little bit of a depressive state because yes, what's you have left? what you, can you do? You now? have hit that and it's mm. like, well what's next? Yes. Exactly. Um and and then having those sort of other goals in the way. Um mm. other goals to sort of set yourself. That's as right. Well. And then if they're clever and if they're lucky
1: and they've got a lot of support by um, yeah they can find other avenues and of course some as you know some athletes go into commentating and, and all this sort of stuff. Yes. Um but yeah it, c- it can be a tough gig. And I didn't know she was also dyslexic or well, she's dyslexic, wow. dyslexic. So I'm having trouble pronouncing. It. But uh, um, um, yeah, so no, it's a fascinating story, and I think yeah. one, one for the family, really. Yes. yes. Well, I like
0: to see all of the Oscar nominations before the actual Oscar party. Well, yes. So that you can have a good informed. You know, choice in your uh, little social betting. Mm. So, I don't think it's a lot
1: of because it's a Netflix
0: thing. So I've we, got yeah. a few to get mm. watching um, before that. Yeah, yes, I've. So I there are a few that I, I need to get hold of as well. But anyway, she'll be sure keep your posted with all that. Yeah, looking forward to that. Um, it is 20 minutes to six o'clock. You're on Big Life Conversation with Barbara and Nicole. We might have a, another song and talk a couple of things about. Kids' lunch boxes, mm. perhaps after the break. Very timely. It is. And that little promo not quite happening right now, mm-hmm. but that was uh in um uh, I guess tribute to Valentine's Day, which yes, is Bert tomorrow. Becquere. and Burke And Dion Warwick,
1: of course a few versions of um been done in that song. What do you get when you fall in love? And we, yeah, we do have a couple of up, um, upbeat songs about love, um, <laughs> just the We the do, but ones. some
0: of them are quite sad. I just thought, I did a little look up, and I was like, "Love will tear us apart." <laughs> yes, exactly. I'm like, "Oh no, that's not quite apt for no. uh, Valentine's Day coming up." More is positive. there
1: exactly? <laughs> Don't go breaking my heart and all that. But um, yeah, as I say, the um, the, the master or backrack was, um, um, as I say, brilliant with some of these songs that. Um, have, you might not even realise he had written them But you would have heard them um, over the years um, And of course I'm thinking of shows like Mad Men Where I think a lot of those songs would have been played as well That fantastic TV series um, set in the, the 60s and the advertising world um, yes. And as we mentioned also Bert himself uh, I don't know whether maybe they will make a story about his life But uh, he had a pretty tumultuous love life himself So <laughs> <laughs> his, at least uh, married four times I think um, yes. Yeah, so, um, so, he knew what he was talking about, I think, in some of those, uh, some of those had, sad songs. Right? Yes, mm. yes.
0: Lots of love songs there as well. And before that, we had Cake by the Ocean um, by DNCE. And uh, it is uh, 12 minutes to 6 o'clock. You're on Big Love Conversation with Nicole and Barbara. Um, and we have a couple of little tips for people that uh, have gone back to school and uh, looking at their lunch boxes, some ideas for the parents who I know quite a few of that are saying if I see another post on social media about these amazing lunch boxes that they set up for their kids and my kid doesn't eat that and my kid doesn't eat that. And that's all um, too hard. Yes. It was all too hard. And so I just thought I'd give a few little tips here. Um, and share with you some of the things that have helped along the journey of schooling and school lunches for me. And I have to do a shout out to my husband, who is very good at now doing those lunch boxes. But I have to sort of step back every now and then as a nutritionist <laughs> and not make too many judgments. Mm. Uh, because we're trying to have nude food, which is, you know, there's so many complications. There's nude food, you can't have anything that's wrapped in plastic. And <laughs> Well, you know, there's probably rude food around as well. I think that would actually make Make kids <laughs> eat rather than not Yes, actually, there used to be a be- restaurant
1: called Ruth. Yeah, <laughs> yes.
0: And there's also this um, new brain food snack that they're supposed to have mid-morning as well. So you have to take a brain food snack, you have to have nude food, and you have to provide something nutritious that they will eat. And the other thing is that I hear a lot in schools, both primary and secondary, particularly talking about my secondary student, is that it's embarrassing to get your lunchbox out at school. So no one does. No one brings the lunchbox out Mm. and sits down. They take it out of their bag and sort of eat on the run. And and no one sees anyone eating which is another really strange thing um i don't hope that that is a thing that's going to be taking off maybe Mm. just a phase um but my uh tips are make it colorful um include pack a variety of colorful fruits and veggies making it very appealing because we do eat with our eyes Include yes. protein. Obviously, um, keeps people full for and satisfied for longer. So sources such as eggs. So boiled eggs, great if you can take that to school. Chicken, nuts. Where you've got no nut, minimised schools, but not peanuts. Yes. Um, cheese and yogurt are all really good sources of protein. You want to make it fun. Mm. Um, I used to have a cookie cutter that was in a train shape to make the sandwiches into train shapes. (laughs) I I know people who've done goggly eyes on things um, and put them on the carrots or, you know, stuck on things to make shapes, um, which is quite funny. Um, The other thing I've also done is put little notes in. So when they open up the lunchbox, it's, you know, you you put a little note in and and put a smile on their dial. Keeping it simple, so avoiding those complex and messy meals. So um, I know my, my mum was excellent. At this, she would often half slice a orange, so it mm. just had the um, serrations of the slices in there, so nice. that I could easily put my finger in and peel an orange. I mean, most clever. people should be able to peel an That's orange,
1: clever, but I always find it very messy. I mean, they, yeah,
0: was, you know, so I sort of, apples, s- was, yeah, yeah, so I a lot of. Um, People say that that's a messy food, um, but if you can make it easy, and it, she also put a little paper towel in there and in a plastic oh, bag for, for, the, for the for the peel as well. Um, you don't have to do that, of course, but staying clear like a mandarin is obviously a lot easier, and yes, apples a lot are. easier. Um, a berries are very peppers. easy as well. Um, Using whole grain options, so whole grain breads, but also crackers, wraps, pasta, um, rice, you know, putting things Mm. in thermoses is really easy as well for something different. We actually do little dumplings in thermoses um, so they can take their little bit of soy sauce and put Mm. it on the dumplings and they're warm still by lunch. Um, Avoiding the processed foods, that goes without saying. You can get enough of those in the school canteen. (laughs) Adding the healthy fats in, so healthy fats such as avocado, Nut butters, um, seeds, if you can not take nuts to school, oh, yes. um, can help you stay focused. They're actually the brain foods. I think they're thinking, um, you know, fruit and vegetables when they say brain food, but the the best brain foods are things like those with omega-3 mm. in it. Mm. Um, the other one which I think kids forget is... You know, something that's really good for the brain is just keeping hydrated. So, um, making sure that you've got your water bottle going to school. There's always school taps. What did we do before? We never had bottles that went to school. I think we just drank from the school tap, and that was that. Um, trying new foods. So trying to try out some new healthy foods. Um, What I really like to do is get a bit creative and you can have all of those food groups out on the bench. So here's here's your dairy option. Here's your grain option. Here's your fruit option, your veg option uh, and your protein. Just pick one of each, pop it in there, get the kids to make their own lunches. Really, that's what we should be doing. Um, Dips are great. um, Keeping it interesting and fun. And um, one of the recipes that I actually mentioned on my Food for Thought show on Saturday, um, which I may have mentioned here last week, was just having something like a um, uh, a, a vegetarian chili con carne. I think okay. we were talking about that. Mm. Um, where you can okay. have a big batch up cook on a Sunday mm. and chili con carne, once you've got the, the mix, I guess yes. the spicy bean mix or you could have a um, minced meat version of that it can go on baked potatoes it can go in a taco for mm, dinner Yes, very versatile. Um, it can go into a wrap for lunches for oh, kids yes. lunches very and nice. you could also put an egg on top for breakfast so if you freeze a big batch of that it can go many ways yes, and places very versatile um mm, so very that's nice. kind of a nice versatile recipe that i like but yes, some tips you know. hopefully for you out there um there are so many things, as again, I said on social media about just making things really presentable. If you've got a lunchbox with the sections in it, um, that's a really easy one to put, you know, your different coloured berries in one, um, little circles of crackers in another, a dollop of hummus in the other. Yes. Um, you know, it doesn't have to be all about sandwiches and, a, and an apple. <laughs> So, they are my tips on uh, on eating for your lunches and creating those lunches as well.
1: Thank you, Nicole. Also, I feel like just mention a couple of things before we wind up. Yes, um, just want to remind people that um, there's a fascinating play. It's about to finish tomorrow, so it better be quick. Um, on at the Melbourne Theatre Company, um, and this is um, called Sunday, named after Sunday Reed, whom a lot of uh, listeners will know. Um, was the driving force behind the creation of um, the Heidi Art Gallery. And uh, basically it's, it's been described as an audacious fantasy inspired by the stories and myths that surround the Heidi Museum and modern art founder Sunday Reed. The museum mentor to a circle of artists including Sidney Nolan, Albert Tucker and Joy Hester amongst others. And apparently due to popular demand, Sunday's been extended with two new shows on the 20th and the 21st of February. Um, so you've still got a bit of time uh, to see it... Um, uh, this week and the uh, beginning of next so um that apparently is supposed to be well worth seeing it's directed by anyway uh, also it's written by anyway and directed by sarah goods and stars um
0: nikki shields as the iconic sunday read I like it. So many things to see and do. Really looking forward to getting to see a movie at our local Palace Cinema sometime soon as well. Indeed. Um, have not been to the movies for a very long time. And we're
1: talking about favourite rom-coms too or romantic movies. Yes, that you might
0: want to see for Valentine's Day. Yes.
1: Um, You might be able to stream some of them or... uh, dig them out somewhere And there's been lots of movies Outdoors too But um, we were talking off here About When Harry Met Sally That's one of our favourites
0: Ah yes.
1: Absolutely yes. Um, Billy Crystal A big fan And Meg Ryan It was, uh, never <laughs> never dates that film I've got watch it Time and time again I still find myself laughing Um as uh, some of those iconic, all those classic scenes. Oh
0: yes, yes. Love actually would be a favourite, but also a Christmas movie for me yes, as well. I moment. never get sick of that one. Mm-hmm. Could probably quote that one Lots as of good well. People in Four that weddings one. and a funeral. Those those yes. older style yeah, ones. Even older
1: than that. If you go, um, one of my favourites is Roman Holiday with with the
0: Divine Twiggy oh, Peck and course. Audrey Hepburn. Yes. 1953, oh. and that's a real charm.
1: And Eddie Albert as well. So um, anyway, yeah, we can go on and on. But um, Casablanca.
0: Yes, indeed.
1: (laughs) Uh, But uh, anyway, whatever you're doing on Valentine's Day, uh, we hope that uh, you enjoy it. And if you're really anti the whole thing, well, we still hope you have a good time. Anyway, complain Well, that's about. what we're saying, yes.
0: And if you feel like not doing the uh, the gift route, you yes. could actually uh, donate to Heart Kids, a beautiful charity that I'm affiliated with yes, because indeed. it's Sweethearts Day and it's actually a big charity event there. So you can look at exactly. uh, heartkids.org.au and make a donation, which is a very nice thing to do on um, Valentine's Day.
1: And we'll be back next week maybe with a
0: couple of mystery guests, I think. Is that right? We do have a couple of mystery guests next week. Mm -hmm. Um, We will um, keep you posted on that and uh, head off soon. Before Um, we
1: go, can I quickly mention one thing? You can. We haven't mentioned anything about um, the the fine arts, but um, our friends down at uh, the Alexandra um, Sassay Gallery uh, in Kew have got a a new exhibition up around until the 4th of March. um, And uh, these are some beautiful pages looking online. Um, some wonderful landscapes uh, by Mark Dober and uh, apparently um, he, he, this, the blue says that his sense of place, colour and composition energises paintings in oil on canvas and watercolour on paper. So he's working exclusively plant air as in outside and there's a physicality embodied in these responses to landscapes and um, his work is held in the collections of the National Gallery of Australia, Australia Council of Trade Unions, National Bank and many others and he holds a PhD in painting from Monash University. Um, and apparently, you can find it even more by looking on the website and watching uh, an ABC news report um, about plant air painter um, who is capturing a flooding Murray River in grand scale artwork. So. Um, Check out the Alexander Sassay Gallery. Nice one to get along to.
0: Um, So have a wonderful Valentine's Day tomorrow. We will have our mystery guests and um, a big thank you obviously to Tiny Tim who was preceding us today and we've got Your Planets Need You lined up next. We'll have this little promo, then we'll have the news and it'll be over to Your Planet Needs You. Have a great week, everyone. Bye for now.